The Great Smoky Mountain National Park is a great place for tourists. Millions head there every year for a variety of reasons. Maybe they're attending a wedding, having a honeymoon, hosting a family reunion, or maybe they just want to see the national park for themselves. It's a great place to escape the hectic day, that the day-to-day life that people typically have. It's a place to relax and just enjoy nature. There's tons of activities for everyone to enjoy, especially if you enjoy hiking, biking, and photography. There's no doubt that there's popular that this is a popular place that draws people in from all over. For the most part, this is a pleasant place, relaxing. People can go and forget all about their worries while taking in the natural beauty. Yet, maybe it's not all sunshine and roses. Perhaps there's a secret underside to a few of these places. An underside that draws people in and doesn't let them return. Perhaps these mysterious disappearances and haunted stories have an explanation. Or perhaps the park just doesn't want them to leave. Hey guys, welcome back. This is Amber. And this is Derek. And this is our Spirit Guides podcast. We are with Quad State Paranormal. And for those of you who don't know, we just got back well, last weekend, last Sunday, from our Smoky Mountains trip. Yeah, so we this week we kind of dedicated it to, uh, well, disappearances and different mystery stuff and paranormal stuff related to the Smokies. Okay, so our last day that we were there, I'm like, how cool would it have been if we would have just talked to locals and been like, hey, what's, you know, what, when you think of paranormal or anything like that, what's the first thing that comes to mind? But like I said, I thought of that the very last day we were there. So next time we go, we're going to have to do that. We're just going to yeah, like sure. talk to locals instead of having to go online to find these stories. Yeah. Well, next time, you know, we went from, but it was for family, right. like that was yeah. a family vacation and I didn't want to spend time you right. know, yeah. doing that. So yeah. the and, next time for sure. Yeah. And I mean, we went from, you know, all around the Smokies cause we mainly made this a uh, nature trip kind of. So we yeah. kind of stayed away from the pigeon forge area, which is all, you know, go karts and, and miniature golf <laughs> activities and going out to eat and stuff. Right. Yeah. So we did, we stuck to, uh, the trails and, um, hit all the nature stuff and we went to Cherokee, North Carolina, which is right outside of that area, I guess. Yeah. And they have the, uh, I don't know how to pronounce it, but Okona Lufty visitor center. That's pretty cool. I don't, I don't know if any of you have ever, ever been there, but I think those cabins and stuff were actually originally built in the 1800s. And from what I've read, they were transported there. So I don't think that was the original site for those, but Still cool I to could, check out. I could though. be wrong on that, but it still is really, really neat yeah. to check and, out. You know, just keep in mind if you do go, um, that every trail that you are going to go on is uphill. It's uphill. We killed our legs, but it every, was so... Every trail. It was so worth it. It okay, is the so mountains. Before we really go into our podcast, things you guys definitely have to check out. It's a little bit out of the way, and it's before you get to the Smoky Mountains, but uh, Fall Creek Falls State Park. Beautiful. And it is amazing. Um, it's really good to that swim was, in. I'd say more in the summertime, it's probably going to be crazy busy. Uh, probably. But yeah. it wasn't when we, there were people there, but it wasn't too crowded. But yeah. okay, that, that was a was really amazing. neat place, yeah. Laurel Falls, which is on the way 
to Kate's Cove. <laughs> that, that a, like it was over it was a worth mile. it when yeah it was worth it when you got there. Yeah, it was over a mile, like incline, a straight uphill the whole way. But it was really pretty too, and you can continue on around. But we just turned around and came back. So well, it was, you're, t- you're talking about straight uphill though. It's not that didn't really compare anything though to the, the Clingman's Dome. Dome. <laughs> yeah. That was cool, though. I, I'd say the scenery going to Klingman's Dome is the prettiest scenery I've ever seen in yeah. my life. So even if you don't feel like walking up to Klingman's Dome, I mean, at least take the drive there. You get a stop at the spot where you're in Tennessee and North Carolina at the same time. And right when you get to the dome before you walk up it you can oversee you can see like lakes out in the distance and they've got and they got off trails for beautiful. the appalachian trails that you can check out and yeah so that was kind of all neat too. along that you see so many different stops for appalachian trail which i mean it's a pretty famous trail so it's pretty yeah. cool we even got to do a little bit of that right yeah and you know we were talking while we were up there um if you're into hiking and nature, it seems like you find a different trail every day and you'd never walk yeah, the same trail. Yeah, you never go on the same one. Um, I mean, the Smoky Mountains are, I, th- I think what I read was 187,000 acres of woods. That's a lot. And, uh, of course, you know, you can't go there without going to Cades Cove. Oh, we got to see bears, you guys. <laughs> Not just bears. We saw a two adult, well, we saw an adult bear. That one was kind of far away. We got to see a young one that was probably about 18 months old. And then we saw a mama with two cubs. And she. we saw them cross the street. We saw the cubs climbing up climbing the trees. trees oh, yeah. my gosh. It was so amazing. And I probably got a little closer to that mama bear than I should have. <laughs> I'm, I'm that dumb tourist. I probably did. But, I mean, she crossed the street, and she was the one that got closer to me. So, um yeah, I was like backing up. I'm like, I'm gonna go stand behind this truck here. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that was car. still cool to see. And I'm, I'm you're sitting there looking at these bears and stuff, but you're thinking, you forget you're not at the zoo, mm-hmm. and that at any time they could cross that road yep. right to you. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, you sit there and you look at them and you're like, oh, you know, there's a bear or whatever, and yeah, you're not at the zoo. It's like I there have are a taser. no cages. I have a taser, um, but I left it in my purse in the car. <laughs> Much like I did the ponchos numerous times. It rained on us while we were on these hiking trails a couple of times, but we did buy ponchos and even got them out of the trunk and put them in the front. Never took so them out of the car. Yeah, never took them out of the car. Nothing like it pouring down rain while you're going uphill. So I'm yeah. like, it's cold. You know, the, it's colder. You know, where we were at, it was colder, and it started raining, and the rain was cold. So I take off running uphill <laughs> on a mountain that's slick. Yeah, I mean it's uh. <laughs> It was a good trip, though. I mean, um, and like I was saying, in case you don't know, uh, the Smoky Mountains, they span across Tennessee and North Carolina border um, at the southeastern part of the United States. It covers 187,000 acres and is considered uh, to be an old uh, growth forest in the Appalachian Mountains. It's often referred to as simply the Smokies. Uh, This is partially due to the common fog um, that comes from the mountain. Beautiful. Oh yeah. And, uh, can resemble smoke from far away. And it does. We've seen, I mean, even at the cabin we stayed at, you could see it just rolling and it looked like, you know, it was smoke coming from places. Um, the Smokies are home to numerous plants and wildlife. 
and it makes for one of the most diverse and uh, unique ecosystems in the country. Uh, the National Park is the most frequently visited park in the country. I did not know I that. I didn't know that either because yeah. I thought Yellowstone. Yellowstone and, and stuff and, like yeah. that, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's one of the, it says right here, it's one of the most frequently visited parks in the country. Some of the other wildlife, real quick, real quick. Uh, we did see elk there. Oh, which yeah. Which is the first time that. I've ever seen elk. Yeah. We saw that in North Carolina, the North Carolina part of the Smokies. But, yeah, first time I'd ever seen that. Uh, lots of turkeys. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't really expect that. But, yeah, lots of turkeys and around uh, Gatlinburg, outside of Gatlinburg yep. in Cades Cove. Um, but, yeah. Well, now that everybody knows our every step of our vacation, um, I guess we can... Go ahead and well, move real, on. I wanted to talk, because you were talking about the fog again. Oh, yeah. When we were in Klingman's Dome, like, mm-hmm. at the top, and we were actually, like, walking in the clouds and the oh, fog yeah. and stuff. Yeah, that, that was cool. It was an amazing experience. You uh, you can look up pictures online, um, and it'll show you different, you know, sunsets and sunrises and stuff yeah, like that. we didn't We couldn't see that. any of that. Um because we couldn't see about five feet in front of us. Right. It was really foggy and it was rainy that day, so we didn't get the pretty sunset. But I mean, it was still a good experience. We wanted we wanted to just do it to say we did it, right. and to be because that's the highest peak in the Smokies. Yeah. So it's like we walked up to the highest peak. So yeah, yeah, that's why we did it. We didn't really do. We cooked at the cabin. We you know we had we spent time in the cabin with family, and you know we cooked in that. A lot of the time, uh, we did go to Pancake Pantry in Gatlinburg, yeah. which was, like everybody it was super loved that. yummy. Yeah. Um, just talking about going out to eat, I'll go, I'll lead into uh, my first store here. So, one of the most popular haunted places in, oh, well, real quick, I'm doing more of the paranormal side of it, and you're just doing kind of missing persons, right? Right, and stuff yeah, like that. yeah. So, and but this is all Smoky Mountain related. Yeah. So, but one of the most haunted places in the Smoky Mountains is the Green Briar Restaurant. This lovely lunch spot is in Gatlinburg, and it refers to itself as a food and spirit outpost for a reason. So in the 1930s, it was used as a bed and breakfast. It was called the Green Briar Lodge, and a woman named Lydia lived there in 1939. She was supposed to get married, but she was left at the altar. She was so distraught that she left the church and went back to the Greenbrier Lodge and hung hung herself. While this is enough to understand why the restaurant is haunted, it's even creepier that days after she died, her fiancé was found mangled by what locals assumed was a mountain lion. Dang. Yeah. You know, I've heard uh, stories like that, and kind of where I thought that was going to go was, you know, she hung herself, and Mm -hmm. then something happened. He had a... When was this? 1939. Okay, I started to say he had a flat tire or something. But, um, you know, he had trouble getting there. And then she hangs herself. And then, uh, you know, he ends up showing up two days later like, oh, man, you know, I was running behind. Well, part of the story. Okay, were you done? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, part of the story is. You know, could it, is that why he, that's why I assume he never showed up was just because he was killed. But some people are like, oh, no, that's her spirit. And she was mad and she was coming back for revenge. And, you know, but yeah, he just. That spirit worked pretty quick. (laughs) He just got killed (laughs) and that's why he didn't show up. But many people say that they see a figure of a sad woman on the staircase at that restaurant. And that they get like a just a sad. Maybe she ate too much. (laughs) But they say they feel like a sad presence. It's like, oh, I ate so much. (laughs) 
But uh, we didn't check that restaurant out. By no, the way. I started to ask: Is that what it's called now? Greenbrier Restaurant. Mm-hmm. And is that? I mean, it says it's you know pretty popular in Gatlinburg. And it is in Gatlinburg. Mm-hmm. It is. Um, yeah. I think it said they said something about like filet mignon or something like. It sounds like a good place to eat. Hmm. We may yeah. have to check that yeah. out anyway, just to see if we see this woman that ate too much on the yeah. stairs. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, is that all you had on that one? Yeah, that's all okay. on uh, that story. Yep. Well, mine, like we said, mine's based more towards uh, not paranormal this time. Uh, I'm going to kind of venture off into some... I guess kind of some true crime stuff okay, yeah, that have good. to do with the Smokies. That sounds interesting. So, um, home to over 10 million visitors a year. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. It's no shock that some people get lost. And we were on some trails. We know how that goes. <laughs> if you got off of those trails and you ventured off anywhere, you would have a hard time trying to find your way back if you did not know the direction you came from. Or those one trails that say like steep inclines and oh uh, yeah yeah like vertical fa- yeah those and that can result that have resulted in death I yeah, think yeah there's they a say. bunch of signs of those on those trails that say uh, you know to be aware that beyond this point there are narrow areas and you know uh, steep, steep cliffs yep. and stuff like that yeah just you know that I always said that the sign should say I'd turn back if I were you, you know? <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, there was a ton of those signs around. Um, but, uh, talking about lost people, you know, it says yet these people are normally found by rescue teams in as little as 48 hours. The surprising part is the number of people who aren't found. They seem to simply vanish, leaving no trace that they were even there. It's like they fell off the edge of the earth and were never seen again. For several decades, the Smokies have managed to gain a reputation for the mo- for the vast amount of deaths and disappearances that are as strange as they are unexpected. Mm-hmm. Let's see. One of the most uh, repeated and well-known cases um, is that of young Dennis Martin. He was a six-year-old when his parents decided to go and visit the Smokies. The date was June 14th, 1969, and it was Father's Day weekend. So around almost, this time of yeah, year. Almost, yeah, I was to say, almost about, you know, right dead on. Um, they were in the Smokies as, let's see, as... I lost my spot. Oh, they came annually uh, for the hundreds of different hiking trails and beautiful landscapes. Dennis and his brothers decided to play a prank on their parents. They had stopped at the mountain highland grassy meadow along the Appalachian Trail named Spence Field. The prank was simple. They would go separate ways, go into the forest, and jump out at the same time in order to startle the parents. It was harmless fun, but sometimes hardless. Can go wrong. The three brothers went one direction, and Dennis, the youngest, headed the other way. He had been picked up to go. He had been picked to go the other way because he was sporting a very bright, uh, very bright red shirt. 
like they had planned, the three who'd gone off in the first direction jumped out at the same time and startled the adults. However, Dennis didn't join them. They assumed he simply missed the cue and passed the one time and passed the one time while what that doesn't make any sense. And pa- there we go. I was, I was adding a word there and I was like, oh, it make no sense. Uh, let's see. And it had passed the time while expecting him to turn up. It had only been a couple of minutes since they had last seen him. As time passed, though, Dennis never appeared. Bill Martin, the boy's father, went to find Dennis, expecting him to find, to, to find him hiding behind a tree or behind the bushes, as he was told to do by his brothers. However, a quick inspection of the area offered no sign of Dennis. No matter how they looked, where they looked, or called out into the woods, there was no answer. The family became more worried, and Bill and his father, Clyde Martin, went out in opposite directions. They headed further and further away from the area the boys had last seen him. They didn't find anything. Park rangers were soon told of an extensive, an extensive search party was quickly put together. This lasted until late that night when a heavy rain and thunder with thunder and lightning forced them to call the search off for the evening. Can you imagine having a six-year-old first off and, you know, and, all, and him disappearing and them just ha- calling off the right. search because it's thundering right. and lightning and raining, yeah. knowing that that six-year-old is out in the woods somewhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, to me... What to what year was this again? I know you said. Uh, Like, I wonder if... 1969. I don't, and I don't know that they would have had, like, the... Would they have had search dogs and stuff back then at that I time? I would assume. Okay. Yeah, I would assume they would have. Um, the, it does say... But that, if it was storming, yeah. I mean, there goes There that, goes the scent yeah. and everything, yeah. Um, they uh, picked it up again the next day. However, they um, still found no trace of Dennis or signs of where he might have gone off to. In a surprising twist, while after a while after Dennis had gone missing... A family, um, they were the Keys, uh, told the ranger that they had been hiking about six miles past Spence Field when they heard a boy screaming. The son of the of the Keys family also said he had seen movement. He assumed it had been a bear or large animal. But when he saw who it was, it turned out to be a man. He was carrying something over his shoulder. As ominous as this seemed, uh, you know, impaired with Dennis's disappearance, the park ranger decided that it didn't fit the time frame. Still seems like they would investigate right, that. Yeah. This area was too far apart from Spencefield to really warrant any investigation of the man. It was just way too far. In the days that followed, the search efforts expanded to hundreds, with hundreds of people looking through the area. They were all searching for the young boy. This included park rangers, locals, the FBI, and the National Guard, volunteers, and even psychics. 
there were bloodhounds called in. So there's oh, your there dogs. You go. Okay. Yeah, there's your dogs. Um, helicopters flew overhead. It quickly became national news. The boy was was used to hiking, and the thought was that he would have been found quickly. However, the weather took a nasty turn, and the rains and storms hammered effort results. Dennis's family offered a decent-sized cash reward in the case, in case of someone having information on their missing son. Weeks went by, and hope that Dennis had survived began to die. There were few uh, possible leads, including muddy footprints and a set of the boy's underwear. However, the chance that the footprints belonged to Dennis was unlikely. The mother said the underwear were not her son's. The search went on for several months with no trace of Dennis. The search parties began to wind down, and most people began to believe the boy was dead. Rumors and theories circulated, including the idea he had been kidnapped. Nobody could come up with a motive for this. And it was decided that the timing would have had to have been perfect in order for someone to pull that off. He might have gotten lost. However, this too seemed unlikely since he was supposed to stay close mm -hmm. enough to jump out and scare his parents. Or he could have yelled and hollered. Right. Why would a six-year-old boy wander off on his own? Where would the footprints he would have, he would, um, have left? Why wouldn't he have called for help? If an animal dragged him off, how come nobody heard the screams? Mm -hmm. In the end, Dennis was never found. So to this day, nobody no, knows what no happened No trace to him. of him ever turned up. His case remains open to this day. Author and researchers... Um, you know, they have weird tales of what could have happened. During an interview, um, discovered that during the search for Dennis, the uh, special forces who had been on scene barely communicated with the rest of the search party. They worked on their own and were um, heavily armed. It was as if they expected to find something bigger than just a missing boy. Another odd twist is the fact that Agent Jim Reich, the lead FBI investigator on the case, committed suicide a few years later, regarding they think it was connected to the case. But his reason, weird. he did not leave a note or anything, and the reason for his suicide was unknown. Hmm. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. So, I mean, he was never found, but they're talking about this. What yeah. are your thoughts? What do you think? Well, clearly, uh, it was Daryl. <laughs> the Sasquatch. Bigfoot. <laughs> no, but I really don't know. I um, mean, I would think kidnapped. I would because, like they said, if he was just lost, he would holler. Well, and, and that's probably very or true. If, he, if, a, and if an animal got him, he would have. You would have heard him screaming. Mm -hmm. If he would have fell, you would think that he would have been making noise yeah. or something. Well, and one thing, one thing I didn't mention is that the Spence uh, Trail or wherever Spence Field is close to Cades Cove. Like, it's right down from Cades Cove, okay. and it's not far at all. Um, because it said, you know, that they were going to visit Cades Cove. Okay. Um, so, I didn't mention that. But uh, it's uh, one of those things, kind of like, you know, talking about being kidnapped. You had to be right place, right time mm -hmm. for that. But 
there's nothing saying, you know, if they didn't hear screams, they didn't hear any of this stuff. For one, the boy's six years old. You're going to come up and find him before he has a chance to get anywhere. To get that far. You know, but unless somebody came up from behind him, grabbed him, Mm -hmm. covered his mouth, you know, I mean, and you couldn't hear nothing. Uh, Or they might have even said something like, oh, hey, I'll help you find your family. And then... And you up. don't know. and Or I mean, they might have said, I know where your family is. I'll take you to your family. Well, that, or we could, well, especially with him being so young. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, we sit out here and we can hear out in the woods, you hear deer and stuff mm-hmm. walking. They could have very well heard something running. It could have been a guy carrying him. Yeah. And they could have been like, must be an elk. Could, yeah. Could be a deer, you know. So, and they just didn't pay it any attention. And then they were trying to figure out, you know, where this boy was and... Right. You know, they just weren't paying attention to the the obvious signs. And I can see that as a parent, you know, you're more worried about where's the kid than all this, stuff, you know, anything else. Yeah. So, but it's I, sad. It's been so long ago. Yeah. And like so much. What I say, 69. Yeah. What I said. Yeah. And it's still unsolved, yeah. but the case is still open. But and the family, they will still nev- never know. Yeah. They will never, you know, with that being 1969, they will never know no. what happened to him. It's sad. Um, and, Cades Cove area is well known for the bears. Mm-hmm. So if something did happen to him, you know, I feel like, you know, not to get too morbid or anything, but you, you know, dismember parts, throw them out around and bears take care of the rest, yeah. you know? So, um, but yeah. Which just to throw this in here, we got this really cool book while we were in the Smokies. It's called Into the Mist. I haven't really read much of it, but I did read about the bears and how, you know, surprisingly, they're not responsible for, Yeah. I think, one death, I think, or yeah, something. That's... I mean, that we know of. I mean, I know you told, you know, you've, you know, read into a lot of stuff about missing people that are missing and not found. So I'm sure some of those are maybe contributed to, right. to bears and stuff. But there's, you know, one that they actually know was killed by two bears. Yeah. All right, you're up. Okay, yeah, my, uh, I have a... Sorry, that was a little long. No, that's okay. But another place where many people have reported paranormal sightings is the Roaring Fork Motor Trail. I'm pretty sure this is right outside of Gatlingburg. That little loop we went on to try to find more bears. Okay, yeah. I think it's kind of off of that loop, but we didn't go it. But it's called the Roaring Fork Motor Nature Trail. Um, So this occurred... uh, Many people say that they see a barefoot woman walking along the road that seems to be looking for a ride and this uh story takes place in 1909 to 1910 there was a man named forrester who was riding his horse through the woods and he saw this lady named lucy and she was barefoot walking through the woods so he decided to give her a ride and he claims to have just fallen in love with her (laughs) and the, the next day he went to the cabin to ask, he wanted to ask her parents for their blessing to marry her. Wow, that's fast. So he met he, <laughs> he met the woman the night before? Yeah. Okay. He met her and fell in love with her, and the next day was going to ask her parents if he could marry her. Um, and But when he got there, they told him that their daughter had died in a cabin fire the year before. Now, this story's iffy, too, because I've read that it was a year before, a couple weeks before. Well, and something to keep in mind. This is a story that's 
I mean, this same is a similar story from like many different places. I mean, yeah, you can look up any place or anything. I remember one of the first episodes of Supernatural mm-hmm. was the same way, mm-hmm. uh, where um, uh, Sam picked up that woman mm-hmm. or whatever, yeah. and she just wanted to go home, and he took her home, you know, and she ended up disappearing out of the car. Right, and all that. Yeah. So, I mean, there's numerous different folklore tales. It's funny, too, because we had a family uh, kind of like camping. I mean, we didn't actually camp. We just had like a little fire pit going, and we roasted hot dogs and s'mores, and we were telling ghost stories, and uh, my mom had told a real similar one. Yeah, to that was almost exact. identical, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there's plenty of um, different folklores and stuff pertaining to, you know, a woman in white walking down the road by the right. woods or something, and, you know, hitch, but, uh, Apparently people do say that they can see a woman who's barefoot walking along the road. Which to me, a, a again, and you hear, oh, is not common, because, or I mean, is common, yeah. because think about, I mean, you guys, even while we were there, you guys had your shoes off and stuff and were in a creek. Oh, you yeah. You know, walking mm-hmm. around. That seems, because there are so many creeks and stuff through there. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially on the way to Cade's Cove, like there's a creek, like the whole way, you know, and you can stop anywhere side of the road. Yeah, you you will drive to Cade's Cove from Gatlinburg, and you will see 900 people just pulled off the the road and stuff, and people playing in the creeks Mm -hmm. or swimming or whatever. So it's, I mean, it's basically wherever you can find a place to stop, you are more than welcome. Yeah, as long as there's a a side on the a spot on the side of the road yeah that you can pull off on yeah and they make sure of all four of your tires are off the road <laughs> we got told and that cove, yeah, yeah. We, <laughs> we got a lecture at kate's cove yeah. which we weren't even the ones blocking the road we were pulled over yeah. to the side but it was one of the rangers started yelling to everybody because we could you know people were parking not off the road but anyway um but you even hear stories about that like people will be walking ahead of you in the road and like it seems like you never catch up like even, oh yeah even though they're walking and you're driving but you never catch up to them and then eventually when you you know get up a little ways they just disappear i had a i had a friend um he's a few years older than me uh, that i used to go to church with and he told me this story one time and it kind of goes along not really <laughs> with what you're talking about but he said uh he one time he said it was just an off day. He felt weird. Everything seemed off. No matter what he did, it seemed like, you know, one of those days that everything just kind of went wrong. And he was driving down the road. Um, and I'm from Metropolis, Illinois, is where I'm from. And uh, But he was driving down one of the roads in Metropolis. And he passed a guy. He could see him. You know, he's on the side of the road, kind of far up. And he said he, you know, the closer he got, he realized that the guy was just staring at him, you know, just staring at his car coming, which is kind of calm because you're like, well, he's looking both ways before mm-hmm. he crossed the street. Or maybe he recognizes the car or something like that. And he said, uh, so the closer he got, he kept driving and the guy was just staring at him. And then even as he passed, the guy's head just followed him. Oh, stared right, that's Just weird. stared right at him. He said he looked in the rearview mirror while he was going. The guy's still staring at oh, him. Oh, wow. He said it wasn't maybe three miles down the road. The exact oh, same gosh. guy. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Staring at him on a corner as he drove by. Went home. Did not go back outside. Yeah, I don't think I would either. <laughs> um, that is. You know, and he said he swears... It was the same guy. It's kind of like, remember when we were uh, 
on the driving along that stream and i'm like was telling you i saw a guy fishing and oh a little yeah because you I'm thought like, they were yeah I'm is like, that the same guy wow, there's yeah. another guy fishing who looks exactly the same in yeah. the same clothes yeah i mean that was weird but that's yeah that was a, a story he told me i remember he told me that when i was i mean i was younger and uh i never have forgot yeah, that every fine. time i see somebody standing on the corner <laughs> like am i going to see them a couple of miles well, down the road that kind of makes me think about the um you know, I don't, I'm not the type of person I know other people like in the paranormal, you know, paranormal investigators will say they can get a feeling about a house or something. And right, I'm not yeah. so much like that. I feel like I get feelings about some people. Like there was a guy, I was at a yard sale a couple of weeks ago with my family and like the guy was like, he was hosting the yard sale. I was like, Hey guys, how are you guys? How are you doing? And I'm like, he was a super nice guy, but like when I turned around and looked at him, I'm like, Oh my God, you're a bad person. Like I didn't say that out loud, but in my mind I thought, oh my God, there's not, there's something not right about you. And I don't do that very, I mean, I thought that was really weird. But then the one time I saw the guy, there was a guy walking along the road. And like, when I passed the guy, like, I just felt sad. Like I wanted to cry. There's no, like no reason the guy didn't look anything like, there wasn't anything sad about the guy, but like just right as we passed, picking up on right as I passed him, like he was just sad. It was just sad. Yeah. And you never, I mean, that guy could have been having a really bad day yeah he could have been going through something and maybe you're just picking up on you know the energy that was coming for me maybe i don't know i mean i didn't offer him a ride i I would think i was by myself so and if i wasn't by myself i had the kids in the car and i'm definitely not picking up a stranger with kids in the car (laughs) so okay we can continue now that i got (laughs) way 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 off Uh, subject yeah um well you know going back to what i was talking about but um you know, I'm keeping mine kind of true crime this time, or disappearances in this case of the Smokies. Um, but uh, Dennis Martin is not the only person to have disappeared in the Smoky Mountains. On October 8th, 1976, a six-year-old from Knoxville named uh, Trini Gibson went on a field trip with her schoolmates uh, to the National Park along with, you know, some teachers. The high school students hiked uh, from the parking lot to an area called Andrews Bald. Now I don't remember that place, I don't, so I, I don't know exactly that. where it's at, um, and it may not be, even be anywhere remotely close to right. where we were. Because um, I think the Smokies, you know, they like you said, they span so much. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, they have broken into uh, smaller groups depending on how fast they could walk. Uh, I don't it, know what school would want to take kids a bunch of kids on a vacation there, i could, or a I, could I could see him doing that but i, I mean w- it would be awesome and amazing but yeah. i wouldn't well, I mean, want to be the teacher responsible. we used well, to i wouldn't want to be a teacher responsible for kids anywhere but we used to go to uh <laughs> creeks for science class oh, okay. and we'd well, look at neat. leaves and trees and Aww. different rocks you know and stuff like that so i could kind of see if they were going on and we even took a class trip to um if anybody from kentucky uh we went to land between the lakes Oh, nice. Um, for the day, you know, because it's educational. Oh, your school was a lot funner than mine. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so we did stuff like that. Um, so I could see maybe they were doing an educational day. Let's go out in the wilderness and we'll show you some trees. Get and we'll show. Bear. Oh, you know, it's all part of nature. Circle of life. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, though it was common, it was, uh, it was a common enough trail. It was a, around 3 p.m., when it was noticed that uh, Trini was missing from the group. One of the strange things about her disappearance was that she was in uh, the middle group. 
So there was a group in front of them okay. and a group behind them. And she was in the middle group. So somebody would have seen her. Um, there were hikers. Well, like I said, both in front of her and behind her. Yet nobody saw her wander off on her own. On top of that, the trail is very popular. And yet there were still no traces to be found. An extensive search was launched and there uh, was never anything found um, of her. She seemed to simply vanish into thin air. Uh, and that case is still open today. And that happened in 86? Is that, that what you happened said? in 76. Oh, 76. Okay. And yep, she was in, let's see, October 8th, 1976. She was 16 years old. And that case is still open. She was 16 years old. Maybe she was a runaway. Oh, yeah. Don't say anything. You know, don't tell us anything about her yeah. home life or anything. But um, if she was in the middle group, I don't want to get too, in, in, you know, into this, but because we seem to veer off track a lot <laughs> when we start telling stories. But um, if she was in the middle group, all right. if she would have, if it had been one of those narrow edges, which hopefully they would not have taken kids on that anyway. Yeah. If she would have failed, somebody would have seen her. If she would have walked off into the woods, somebody would have seen right. her. Right. Somebody would have said, where are you going? Not just in her group. Maybe not the group in front of them because they're looking forward, but there you have a group behind them a right. with a teacher because each group had a teacher with them. So a teacher would have seen her and been like, hey, stay with the group. You would think so, yeah. but I'm not saying Maybe that, that teacher all teachers hated her. are going to be know. responsible enough to really yeah. pay that close of attention, though. Yeah, that's true, too. But back then, you know, again, when I say this was 76, mm -hmm. yep. I mean, nobody's walking around staring at their cell phone, Yeah, you know, like they would be today. Um, and we don't know that maybe she saw something off the trail that she was interested in and she, you know, you would think a teacher would, well, like you said, would say, Hey, get back another, on trail. But going with your theory of maybe she, um, you know, just kind of ran off or whatever. There's nothing saying that as they were, I mean, we've been on, we've been on those trails, some mm -hmm. of those trails there, there's places to hide. Yeah. Um, so not to say that maybe she saw a spot and as they were walking by, she kind of ducked down. Right. Yeah. The teacher and kids behind him didn't even notice mm -hmm. and they kept walking right by her. And as soon as they were by her, she ran off to wherever right. she wanted to go. Um, so that's a possibility. And I'm sure, you know, surely, you know, they probably did those leads and stuff, but this, um, these articles that I'm reading were written in, uh, 2019. Oh, okay. So they're recent. And the case is still open. So. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, who knows? Because it looks like, I don't know, you would just think that she would have told her friends or something, that somebody would have known something. Being that age, she told somebody. Yeah. If, um, but I'll, t I'll tell you my theory is. I want to hear your theory. It was aliens. <laughs> <laughs> one was Bigfoot and the other one was aliens. Um. But, uh, so my next one will be Nessie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. I believe in Nessie more than any oh of those. Oh, my God. But anyway, I, uh, no, I really don't know. But I, with what you said, with that theory, I'm kind of leaning towards that theory with you. I think that she probably hid and ran off. I think so. With there being that many people there, that was her prime opportunity. It doesn't tell me where, well, what school they came even... from. It may have been a local school. 
it had to have been if they went on a field trip. Yeah. So it, she's from that area. Well, even if she would have just wandered off, like if she got sidetracked or saw something off the trail she was interested in, you wandered off the trail, she would have just got back on the trail. I mean, it said it was a common one and there right. were lots of people on it. Right. Like it was well, frequented but take, often. Take also that in consideration of how many people did we pass on trails? Mm-hmm. We had no idea who they were. Right. We didn't, uh, other than passing them and saying, hey, how you doing? Yeah. Or whatever and being nice. You don't talk to people. No. So she very well could have hid and headed back down the trail. Yeah. Nobody would have said a word to her other than, oh, there goes a kid. Yeah. Well, not even that because she was old enough. She's in high school. So nobody, you know, hey, or whatever, and that's it. But then again, if she was a runaway, you would think after this much time, she would have made some contact with her that's family. That's the next thing so that's I was getting sad. ready to say. Yeah. yeah, that's the next thing I was getting ready to say. Um I mean, you could go, there's all kinds of theories you could go with. Yeah. Maybe she was a runaway, decided, hey, I know where I'm at. I'm going to cut through the woods and I'm going to come out over here. And she never it came out. It just ended badly for Yeah, her. she never came out. So there's a, a million different ways that could have went. But like I said, to this day, it's still open. So, but moving on. All right. Well, well, we're going to sit here and talk about this, right. every, every one of these investigations for 20 minutes. But so. talking about a missing girl, my next story, it's a guiding light at Noland Creek Trail. So that's kind of, from what I've heard, it's kind of like a spooky, we didn't actually go on that. I don't even know where that's at. I don't recall seeing a sign for it. But apparently it's it's kind of a creepy trail anyway, and it's lined with, you know, cemeteries and right. uh, stuff like that. Um, but this farmer, he died while searching for his lost daughter. So the story, this is a, it's a really short story, but... Um, I'll just read it from the top here. The Noland Creek area has numerous abandoned homesteads and cemeteries that bear the name of many pioneers that settled land that now lies under the deep waters of Lake Fontana. You can imagine sad stories of lost land, homes, and grave sites associated with this place. One such such features an early farmer who died while searching for his lost daughter. This story gave rise to the legend of an eerie lantern that is said to appear and guide lost hikers to safety at the trailhead. So, apparently many have claimed to have seen a little light that kind of guides them where they need to go. You know, and I've heard stories of that with um, military, like, fighter pilots. Oh, really? Who have, they have been flying and um, their uh equipment malfunctions or something and it's nighttime and they can't see um and uh but they'll see um a light somewhere or something that kind of guides them where the land is yeah i've heard you know different different encounters like that and that's the how they've been able to land was just uh, some unknown light oh that's crazy that they seen that it was enough that they could see where they were supposed to go oh wow and um, you know, in pitch black mm-hmm. and was able to land their plane and oh, stuff. That's so, a nice story. Yeah, but, uh, and you know, and that's one of those to this day, they don't know where the light came from or anything. So yeah, yeah that's really cool. cool stories. Yeah. Um, another one of my weird disappearances happened on September 25th, 1981. So right before I was born. Oh yeah. <laughs> Um, a 58-year-old woman named Thelma Melton, uh, usually referred to as Polly, because her middle name was Pauline. Oh, okay. Um, 
by she was referred to as Polly by people who knew her was out hiking with a, a couple of her friends close to Deep Creek Campground. Not sure where that's at either. No, I um, don't know. It was a fairly simple trail that Polly had been hiking on for over 20 years. So she it's safe to say she knew the trail. Mm-hmm. Um, because because of this, she, well, again, knew the trail. <laughs> uh, the, the three of them were hiking at a leisurely pace when Polly turned a bend ahead of her friends. She seemed to just fall off the face of the earth. Her two friends searched where Polly had just been, but could not find any hints to where she went. Adding to the strangeness of this disappearance, Polly was an overweight woman with high blood pressure. It makes no sense how she could get that far ahead of her friends. In fact, they had been teasing her for most of the time uh, for slowing them down. It's mean. <laughs> Adding to this, due to her illness and her medication, she did not have a license or keys to a car. So she couldn't have even gotten back to the start of the trail and drove off. Polly was said uh, to be a well-adjusted well and happy woman, and many fr- fa- uh, friends and family had no... Uh, reason to that she had no reason to want to disappear um, into the mysterious mountains. Um, a huge search party was organized uh, to search for Polly. No signs of her were ever found. Authorities were baffled and were unable to even find some uh, some tracks that would have been good to follow. Polly had a crack in one shoe. This would have made a footprint very distinguishable and uh, from the, and you know, and it had been easy to spot from other hikers who took the same trail. How she, did they know she had a crack in her shoe? I don't know. Huh. Uh, she is still missing to this day and absolutely no signs of her were ever found. She's not, well, her friends know where she's at. <laughs> Those two friends killed her. I mean, they pushed her off what, of the cliff. Yes, is what, what it better is. way to do an alibi than be like, "Oh, this is our best friend. We went hiking with her, and she on this, you know, yeah. in in the mountains." You I'm going to say they is, probably uh, interviewed them, and they probably went down the trail and checked all the trail areas and stuff. I would think. Or they killed her before, got rid of the body, and just said that they were hiking. How did and they get rid of the body? It said she was overweight and stuff. And if it was two women that were with her. If it was two her, women, they could carry her. They could dismember her body. They could have burnt her This is body. a well-traveled path. I'm not saying they did it on the trail. I'm <laughs> saying they could have already have killed her before. <laughs> Don't mind us. Keep they, moving. They Keep could, moving. They could Hand have, me the hatchet. No. They could have killed her beforehand <laughs> and already disposed of the body. And then made up this that elaborate excuse, lie yeah. that they went hiking and she must have just fallen off of a cliff. That could be. No, I really don't know. So nobody, like, give you know, hate me for saying that. <laughs> yeah, don't send us, don't send us no hate <laughs> That's emails. just one theory that could have happened. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that very well could be. Uh, because, you know, the way they make it sound is, see, okay, they, they said that, well, they she, said they don't know how she got so far ahead of them. Were they not watching her? 
Were well, they no, not what all they were saying. Together? But see, that kind of contradicts too, because they said they kept getting, all, you know, saying, "Hey, you're slowing us yeah. down. Come on." Well, how did they? She get that far ahead of right. them? Right. That she went around the bend, and then as soon as they went around, she just wasn't there. Yeah, I really think they did it. That's kind of what it sounds like. Yeah, I think so. Got to have to look that up. Mm-hmm. See what happened. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I, def- I definitely think that could be what happened. Um, so I have a story about Cades Cove. Um, we went and like, you know, we've already talked about this. We went to Cades Cove. Beautiful. Loved it. Saw the bears. <laughs> <laughs> um, but quite a few people have reported that the church's graveyards and other historic structures are haunted. People have claimed to see floating orbs around the areas and in pictures. And another notable creepy encounter is the ability to see a woman's face coming out of the church walls. So now we did not see any paranormal activity while we were there. We didn't. We actually went to this. We went to the, the church. The, the, I even used your the, anomaly thing. Yep. Um, and we the, went. SLS. Yeah. We use a SLS camera. Anomaly. Did I say that right? Yeah. That's a hard one for me. But uh, yeah, we used the SLS camera inside the church Mm -hmm. and I even used it in the little graveyard area. Yeah. Um, I took pictures in the church and in the graveyard. We didn't get anything. anything. I didn't get, and I don't, I don't, a lot of the orbs, I don't really. Yeah. And it's outside and there's bugs and all kinds of stuff. And even, even in the church, I mean, it's dusty, you know, and the church is open. So, I mean, you know, that has two doors. One you go mm-hmm. in, one you come out or whatever. Yeah. And it's o- it's open. Um, so, you know, there's dust and all kinds of stuff in there. And I didn't really, I mean, it said that people had a lot of stories, about haunted paranormal stories in Kate's Cove. But I could not find, I really could not find just a bit narrowed down to an encounter other than seeing that creepy face in the church wall and the orbs. But this one lady had wrote in, um, uh, this is back in 2001 that she wrote this, but she said that it was featured in Knoxville news Sentinel online, Mm -hmm. that there was a lady who had lived in Cades Cove, which I didn't know. When did you say the last inhabited person was? It said late 1900s. It's start, oh, okay. people started okay. settling there in 1820s. Okay. And uh but the last guy that lived there and I forgot his name, Kermit something, um passed away in the late 1900s and he was the last known resident of Caves Cove. Okay. Cave's well, Cove. apparently there was a lady who lived there when she was a child and she spends a lot of her time searching for old farm sites. So the buildings are gone, but there's other evidence that proves that a farmstead, you know, was there at one time. And she said she saw a cabin in the distance against a line of trees. She was familiar with the area, and she knew there was no cabin there. However, she took a picture, and you can clearly see a cabin with a tin roof, chimney, and windows. There's even a shadow that, you know, looks like it's the shadow of the cabin. Her husband, who was there with her, didn't see the cabin until he saw the picture. So they went back with their son. They took pictures with the video camera, digital camera, and a film camera. The cabin was still there. So they were trying to walk to it. But there was no cabin there. I want to know this location. To it. I want to know this location so I can go take pictures. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it doesn't like pinpoint it down to a certain And this was even reported. Area. Yeah. Huh. But did it say if it was reported around Halloween? <laughs> because... <laughs> I have a hard time with that one. 
The and I wonder if there's pictures. These I'm I'm assuming we can find these pictures online. Maybe it said it was in the Knoxville News Sentinel online, but again, this was back in 2001. Surely so, it's still online. I don't yeah, know. We may, maybe I'll have to look that up too. I want want to find if we find pictures for this, we will post it on our instagram page and facebook and Facebook, yeah. yeah so you guys can see these pictures i mean that would be kind of cool though if you're like you know especially if i could see the cabin and you couldn't like i'm like there's a cabin and you couldn't see the cabin but it's clearly so is there she saying pictures. but so is she saying that she could see the cabin there before she took the pictures yeah and she took the pictures of the cabin yeah but she said her husband, husband couldn't see it he only saw when he was pictures. looking he could only see it in the picture huh. but when they went but I'm like you. I mean, I find that kind of hard to believe. But. Yeah, um, that's kind of far fetched for mm-hmm. me. Um, to me, yeah, I don't, you'd have to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would have to be there to see that. Yeah. Um, because to me, I feel like you. I mean, you can doctor any kind of pictures. Yeah, that was in 2001. Yeah, you so, got Photoshop. Yeah. You can doctor Unless anything. Unless it was like on. Unless she did take pictures with film and she had the film to. That's the next that thing. It would show that the cabin was there. I want her to take this film. But then it's like you could have just and cut I out want... a little bitty teeny tiny piece and put it on your camera. Oh, no, that's why I want this lady to take this film to a professional mm-hmm. because they can tell that. Yeah. So if a professional takes this film and he looks at it and he says, this is an original, mm-hmm. like there's no way this was doctored, then okay. Could they tell though, like if, if you cut out like a little piece of something and oh, then put it on your, the camera, absolutely the, the thing, they can tell that it they, was. They can tell because there was an investigation and I, I was I'm sitting there trying to think of what it was, um, where uh, a lady had taken a picture of something and the big thing was they everybody thought it was doctored so they had this picture you know taken to a professional Mm -hmm. to look at the film to make sure that this picture was uh you know an actual photo it may have been a photo of uh like billy the kid or something like that um one of the only known photos or something um and they took it to a professional. A professional examined the negatives, and it ended up being a real picture. And that the because he was examining the negatives, and it was under microscope and all kinds of stuff. It um, he was able he was able to say that he did not think it was doctored at all, huh. and that was with a film camera. So it yeah. can be done. Yeah, yeah, that's what, and that's exactly what people need to tell this lady that they want done right let's take this to professional let's have this looked at and analyzed if we can if you can prove that this was not doctored on film not on a digital camera and i'm sure if you ask her she probably doesn't have the negatives (laughs) you know oh no i don't know what happened to the negatives yeah convenient right yeah um but uh that's the only way you're going to be able to prove that to me Mm -hmm. let's take those negatives somewhere so if you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> let's yeah, take I, I some, don't know the lady's name or anything. <laughs> let's take some uh, pictures to, uh, you know, to a professional, the negatives, not the pictures. Let's take the negatives. 
So start digging in your trunks and your totes and find these negatives. We're going to post about the Okan the little the little buildings, the cabins we took pictures of at the Okan Okona Lufty uh, whatever yeah. visitor center and be like this cabin wasn't there when we took this picture and now it just amazingly appeared in the picture. Well, and that's my thing. <laughs> I just feel like that anybody and the only person there that was with her to collaborate this was her husband. Yeah. Isn't that what it well, said? Well, and the son, too. Well, they're oh, still the, the way, same family. We need to post those pictures on Facebook so people can check them out of those cabins. Yeah, I mean, we'll even do though that. there's not like any paranormal things, but I mean, it's anything, still neat, like, it's still history. history. Yeah. I mean, they were built in the 1800s. I mean, like I said, they were thought to have been transported there. Yeah, I didn't know, even see that sign. But. But yeah. No, I read that online. Oh, Because okay. I wanted to see if there was any paranormal stuff to go with that or if those were original. Yeah, they're. Gotcha. They okay. are original buildings. So they're they real buildings. They just weren't originally just... there. So what Which it... is hard to me. It's hard for me to believe because that barn was really big. Well, the thing is, I guess, is uh, those were real buildings. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, with the state purchasing that land. You know, for that new visitor center mm-hmm. and stuff That's a like nice that. Visitor center yeah, too. it was. Um, but for them to have uh, that stuff for the visitor center, you know, they probably brought that stuff from that area, you know, and put it out there. So it makes the visitor center a little bit bigger. People like us, we stopped there, walked along the creek right there, and mm-hmm. went through all every building they had. You know, it um, even showed like how they would have set up their stuff for their pigs and chickens, oh, yeah. and they had chickens there. They even had the little apple thing, which I assume oh, the, apple the trees, apples yeah. weren't in blue. I mean, they were little, they were tiny, yeah, they but I assume if they were in season and big, that you could have they would have let you have picked yeah, an apple. Well, and they had a sign on there that said, uh, that Pe- you, you could walk in. Oh, it said, People welcome, elks are uh, not, elks are not, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's a cool little place to check out if you're into old little old cabins and stuff. Yeah, that I was liked neat. it. Now, uh, there are even more uh, strange disappearances, kind of like the ones I've been talking about, that are more recent than the Dennis and Polly disappearances. Um, in 2008, 51-year-old Michael Heron went out on his uh, four-wheel drive truck to, uh, after saying goodbye to his family. Um, he was supposed to go to some land nearby uh, their home in Blunt County, Tennessee, that is actually uh, part of the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. Um, after he didn't come home when he said he would, a search was organized and conducted. They found his truck in a clearing with the ignition still running. The mystery only uh, rose from there, in the area near the truck, there was no clue leading to where Heron might have gone or what could have happened to him. There were no footprints, uh, no trail through the heavy underbrush. The dogs brought in for the search could not find any scent, and authorities never found any bites or torn clothing. No blood splatters, no tissue, no bones. There are no signs that there um, has been a struggle. It seemed, other than the truck, that Heron had never even been there at all. It seemed as though he had just ceased to exist. A following search of hunt with hundreds of volunteers and police officers turned up absolutely nothing. A heavy storm and rainfall moved in and threatened uh, to destroy all the evidence that they had collected. 
but to this day, he's still missing. I think there's a, a Smoky Mountain Triangle going on. Uh, there. I think so. Uh, That's crazy because I was thinking maybe he, you know, did he have a medical condition? Could he have like crashed his car and like drove off the side of the road into that clearing well, and then got out and accident you know wandered off a cliff or something that well, would be like not if they didn't pick up a scent right that's, weird. that's the big thing yeah is you know i'm telling you it's aliens i believe that could be aliens he just <laughs> like on uh that movie he was driving his truck and saw something saw in the sky light. yes he pull, pulled off into the field and got out of his truck to look up and beam me up scotty yeah Smoky Mountain Triangle. And and I'm going to have to look up these uh, locations now and see if it makes a triangle. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is weird, though. Yeah. Why would they not be able to pick up a scent? Yeah, that's, see, that's really weird. Now, it says that dogs were brought in and all that stuff. Um, but... Like, had it rained or something? Could I it? Wonder. Could it have been after the storm? You know, and maybe they're saying it wasn't. You know what I mean? Uh, so maybe that could have washed some sin away. Um, you know, even on our vacation, think about how much it rained while we were there, you know? So, and, and then the higher up the mountains you go, it rains more often than it does lower. That's true. So, you know, but this guy apparently was just at some land in a field. So he wasn't really, you know, I don't know how his elevation or anything, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. That is weird. They found nothing. They found and he found his truck running. So his truck was running. There was no signs of him leaving the truck. No, because they didn't say tire tracks or anything. I wonder if, you know, somebody... I know they keep saying footprints and stuff, but you don't always. I mean, had it, did it say it had just, it had rained or something? No, it did said it that it? there was a storm coming. That, oh, okay. that uh, Because, I mean, you're not always going to leave footprints or tracks yeah. or something. Well, and another thing is even say... You know, his truck was drove off into the field. What, how, it didn't tell us exactly how much time had passed. They just said he was supposed to be home at a certain time. He never came home. And then that's whenever they organized. I'm sure the cops said, got to be 24 hours before we can do a file a missing purpose, missing persons report. So let's say it's a day later. Mm-hmm. If you go outside and it has not rained and you walk through the yard or field chances are like you said you're not leaving footprints footprints. i can go outside right now walk through the yard and you'd never be able to tell in 10 minutes that i walked through right um now the only thing i could think of is if this was a field with high grain in it or something like that that if he had to walk through it it would have you wouldn't be able to tell he would attract it down but if it was you know they didn't tell us that so but if it was a you know, small, and it was just grass or something, you wouldn't be able to. But going back to what you said, the dogs had no scent. Mm -mm. That's what's so weird. But like you said, if it did storm, if it did rain. Maybe they brought the dogs in after that and, you know, and they couldn't pick up anything because of the rain and stuff. But again, that was in 2008. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's still, still missing. Yeah, that's, that's just very weird. Yeah. You're up. I am up. Okay, so my story is about Mount Sterling. Not to be confused with Scott Sterling. Scott Sterling. Sterling. <laughs> if you have never watched the Scott Sterling YouTube video, for the love of God, 
go and watch this and watch this dude get kicked in the face with a soccer ball like 900 times. He's an times. amazing goalie. Oh, man. <laughs> There's none better. Do yourself a favor. You will laugh. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Go watch the Scott Sterling <laughs> soccer video. But anyway, so Mount Sterling. Scott Sterling! <laughs> is a remote mountain located. It's on the North Carolina side of the Smoky Mountains where hikers can enjoy beautiful views and stunning forest scenery. During the Civil War, this rugged part of the mountain served as a hideout for deserters from the Union and Confederate armies. According to local legend, Captain Albert Teague of the Confederate Army. Have you ever heard of him? Uh-uh, no. No, me neither. I know you're, like, really into history stuff. Right, yeah. But anyway, so Captain Albert Teague of the Confederate Army captured three deserters on Mount Sterling. So they were, you know, two brothers. Uh, their last name was Grooms. And a man named Mitchell Caldwell. The deserters were marched over to Mount Sterling Gap to the Cataloochee Turnpike to be executed. One of the brothers, Henry Grooms, was known to be an excellent fiddle player and carried one everywhere he went. Before his execution, Teague's men ordered Henry to play one last tune. He fittingly chose to play Bonaparte's Retreat, a haunting melody, before being shot. In his last moments, Mitchell Caldwell was said to have grinned. His eerie grin so unnerved the soldiers that they covered his face with a hat before shooting him. And to this day, some hikers report seeing ghostly figures in the hills around Mount Sterling, and others swear they hear, they hear the mournful tune of a single fiddle playing deep within the forest. Huh. Ooh. Well, that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I, uh, if I lived in that area, I would, I would, uh, play that so they, real loud outside. <laughs> <laughs> well, they just executed deserters? They didn't, oh, like, yeah. they, they didn't yeah, they kill, like, to serious. trial or yeah. anything, or they weren't in prison, they were no. just executed? Yeah, well, I really think they were supposed to be, like, they were supposed to be a trial. Yeah. A lot of times there wasn't. Okay. Yeah, if you were a deserter, you yeah, they didn't take kindly to that. Okay. Um but uh if if I know I'm getting ready to die and I know these guys are gonna shoot me and they're like, You there, we want you to play the fiddle <laughs> I'm like, You're out of your mind. Right. I'm yeah. not playing the fiddle, you know, knowing that you're getting ready to kill me. But uh you know, that's one of those uh kind of folklore things i guess yeah. you know it's it's a if it did happen i don't know if it really happened or not but you know it's a it's a cool story mm -hmm. for uh for that for that area and stuff well you being into history i mean that might be something interesting for you to look up yeah i'll have to check that out i think yeah. i say that every podcast i'm like i'm gonna have to look that right. up um because there's always you know we we research the stuff that we talk about and uh and stuff like that but Whenever we're finally doing the podcast, a lot of times it's the first time that he, that me or you are mm -hmm. hearing the stories that we've picked. Yeah, I pick my stories, you pick yours, and we just... Yeah, we make sure that we uh, aren't doing the same stories, but we don't really tell each other what the stories are. So that whenever we're telling them, you guys are hearing them like I am right. and like you know Amber is. So it's we're able to kind of interact with you guys mm -hmm. on the stories, and we like to do it like that. 
Um, but it's, uh, and I can be, you know, it's like, we can be reactive, right? More. It's, it's a genuine, it's, bo- it's more, you can be more reactive when you don't know what the story right, is about. Yeah. Yeah. It's more, more genuine, uh, because we're not fake acting, right? you know, we're telling our <laughs> stories, but, uh, well, I was talking about research and stuff, you know, so whenever we get into telling these stories and stuff, I'm always like, Oh, that's interesting. I'll have to look that up and see what I can find out about that area or whatever. Now, I have got one more disappearance story. Um, During March of 2012, uh, this guy's name is Derek also. He was 24. He didn't show up at work and was not answering his cell phone. It was two days later that that it uh, was figured out that Derek had checked in to the Microtel Inn in suites in Cherokee, North Carolina. Oh, Cherokee. We yeah. were there. We were there. Cool little town. Um, this is located right by the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. Um, there was actual v- video footage on March 17th that proved that he had checked into this hotel. Okay. And um, also showed he had a backpack on him. Uh, that footage is the last anyone ever saw of Derek. Uh, his family went... Uh, to look for him immediately and eventually found his car in a parking lot of a, of a nature area called Newfound Gap. Appropriate uh, authorities searched the car and found an abundance of survival gear. This included a lamp, pocket knife, a, a pack axe, knife sharpener, uh, tent, a sleeping bag, granola bars, and a survival belt that contained a multi-tool, flashlight, and a fire starter kit. They also located pages from a military survival manual and his wallet, and it had cash in it. He was clearly prepared for vacation in the wilderness. The strange thing was that he had taken none of his gear with him. Another strange clue was a note that was found. Derek had a handwritten note that said, don't try and follow me. Uh, Ignoring the note, of course, authorities uh, attempted to follow him. A huge search party was put together and rangers interviewed campers and hikers in the area asking if they had seen Derek, but nothing came from it. The day had been a sunny and clear Saturday and the area was full of people. It was odd that nobody had seen him at all. This led to the idea that he had gone off the trail and had gotten lost. Nobody could figure out why he would go out alone and leave all of his brand new equipment behind. This was certainly worrying. The trail itself was well traveled, but going off trail into the wilderness uh, greatly decreased his uh, chance of survival especially without the tools alongside him. Now, like I said, you know, we've, <laughs> we've been on some of these trails and if you got off these trails and you went too far mm-hmm. and you didn't know which direction you were heading, you would get lost. I mean, these are 187,000 acres of woods with bears and no telling what else out there. And it's, the, you know, it is one of those things where if you just kind of turn you know, to look. A tree's a tree. Yeah. You're, you know, it's like, oh, did I come from that direction? Right. Or that direction? Especially since he left all his gear in his uh-huh. car. Yeah. Um, another popular theory uh, 
let's see, let's see, the search party continued their hunt for him, but were ultimately forced to give up the search. Uh, this was when they found no clue to where he might have gone. His family had his family said that his favorite show was Man vs. Wild, in which the host would go out in the wild all alone with minimal supplies. There was a theory that he decided to uh, emulate his hero from the show and try to survive by himself. Perhaps he wanted to create a more difficult experience. But his family also said that Derek was not um, an experienced man with the outdoors, so he might have died in his efforts. Okay. Man vs. Wild. I like the show. I do too. I have also seen behind the scenes where he has a crew that hands him bottled water. Mm -hmm. Yep. So he is not out there by himself. Now, Survivor Man, he takes his own cameras out there I with like him. I like that one, too. Yeah, he's yeah. out there by himself. He does his own film work. Right. Man vs. Wild with, is it Bear Grylls? Yep, it is. Okay. He's not out there alone. He's got a camera crew. If he gets snake bit, they have stuff. Mm -hmm. If he gets hurt, they have a way to get him out. Um, like I said, I've seen behind the scenes where he was dying of thirst and they were giving him bottles of water. So, I mean, I like the guy. Yeah. And it's a cool show, but he's not out there by himself. So if anybody's watching that show and thinks, oh, he can do it, I can do it. Yeah, he was part of Her Majesty's Secret Service or whatever with James Bond. But they, uh, and he's trained for stuff like that. So I'm sure he probably could survive more than what a lot of people could. I'm not saying that at all. And that's what his, that's kind of what his show was about, right? With minimal supplies. Right. Yeah. So I'm sure... Um, he had, a, he had a show there for a while. I don't know that it lasted very long where if you were in a car accident and you were in the middle of nowhere, how do you survive? Mm -hmm. You know, it's stuff like that. That's cool information yeah. to have. Uh, but nobody should take what he says or think that he's out there by himself doing this. Right. Um, not Like I said, not to say he couldn't do it. But, I mean, this it's a TV show. Right. People, he's out there to give you information if it should ever happen to you. But he's not by himself, mm -hmm. is my point. Um, but another popular theory is that um, Derek decided it was time to end his life. His family said that um, he disappeared on the day of his grandfather's death anniversary. He was close to his grandfather. So he might have chosen this day as the time to go. This in itself is baffling because of the vast amount of supplies he had bought and then left in the car. What was the point of buying it if he wasn't going to use it? Another thought is that he decided to scout the trail he was going to take and was and what had intended to come back to get his gear but became lost or was mauled by an animal or kidnapped. Uh, he remains missing to this day. What, what year did you say that happened? This hap This one was... Back up here. He was 24, March of 2012. Okay. I, that's a um, you know, there are many... That's a, you know, kind of a weird one for me, because yeah. it says that they have evidence showing he checked into that hotel. Yeah. But, I mean, did they have footage showing that he ever left? 
no, I'm assuming it was him checking into the hotel and then going oh, to scout the trails. Okay. Yeah. So I'm assuming he checked. They have video of him checking in like he was there. So and he was by himself in the video, I'm assuming. So they're saying, you know, he was there and there was nothing odd about it. We've got video of him checking in. So it sounded like he checked in the hotel and then went to go into the Smoky Mountains to these trails. And that's the last time anybody seen him was when he was checking in. Hey, I'm thinking that newfound gap is where his car was found. Uh-huh. Is that not where, because I saw a sign when we were at the Tennessee, North Carolina thing, mm-hmm. the line, there was a sign up there that said newfound gap. And I don't know if that's what that area was called oh, it could or be. if it was close to it. Yeah. So we well, were kind of our, you know, yeah, around that ride, area. Yeah, we'd have to be right um, there. I mean, what's the point in buying all the supplies if you're not going to take them, though? Yeah. I think that's weird. Yeah. And the note's weird. I mean, obviously, if you look at the note, that's kind of like, well, I mean, not necessarily like a suicide note. It just means he wanted to try to do it on his own, I guess. I don't, I don't know. Uh, there's that's, different ways yeah, to take that's that. that's weird. Um, because the note said, don't try to follow me. Well, does that, that, again, with it being his death of his grandfather's anniversary, did that mean, hey, I'm going to the woods and this is going to be it? Or don't try to follow me because I'm going I'm a gonna... whole different way than anybody's ever went before. And I don't want anybody. Oh, yeah. I don't want anybody too. to follow me because you may get lost. I just don't see the point. Why, like I said, why buy all the supplies if you're not going to use them? Well, you know, there's different, different, the- uh, again, every one of these stories we have different theories on. I want to see, I, I would like to see the footage. I'm sure like the it's last online, I'm sure. Of him. I yeah. want to see that. But, um. Because it's one thing if it's showing he's checking in and then immediately leaving and getting in his car. Or if the last footage they have of him is him checking in and you never see him leave again. Totally different. How's that? It's just totally different. If you don't have any footage of him actually leaving the hotel. I mean, oh, I see what you're you saying. You know, I mean, obviously, like, I mean, he would have had to have exited somehow, or somebody could have chopped him up and put him in suitcases. And Why do you always them. go to somebody getting <laughs> chopped up? <laughs> that actually happened. No, 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 no. There's a story about that. There is a story about somebody being chopped up. Yeah, in a hotel, apparently there's a bunch of them. And like, that's they how stuff all your stories. Them, they stuff them in suit in suitcases. I'm just saying it would be different if it shows him checking in and then immediately getting in his car and leaving than him checking in, going to his room, and then never yeah, leaving his room again. Well, it doesn't say... It show, it, I'm assuming this video is him at the front desk okay. checking in. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say it probably was an outside video. It may be. I haven't seen the footage, so I'm going to check it out. But... It's probably him at the front desk checking in. Uh, I'm assuming it's not him outside doing anything. Right, okay. Um, so maybe they didn't have outside cameras, so you don't actually see. Because I feel like they had to put that in there. Oh, and yeah, because whenever you check in in the front, a lot of times you have to go back outside. Like if your room is a lot. Right, Some yeah. hotels, motels are like that. You check in inside, and then you go outside, and you walk along outside and Well, and this room. sounds like okay. it was a, a micro-tail is what it said it was called. So I'm assuming it wasn't a high-end place. Okay. Um, so they probably did not have outside cameras. But I feel like that they would have put that in there and said, you know, the last footage of him was checking into the hotel and then you see him get in his vehicle and drive off. Mm-hmm. Or you see him get in his vehicle and check go into the room, but he never comes out. I feel like that that would have been in the investigation okay. notes. 
Um, whether or not it would have been. It's not to say that somebody else didn't take his car. Well, there's that too. And you're all about some conspiracy theories <laughs> going on that all end up with chopping oh. someone up. Poor Polly and this guy. <laughs> Instead of doing the this the Spirit Guides podcast, we need to be like private investigators. Murder and like, mystery. We need to be the solvers. Murder mystery solvers. We can like piece things. We can be detectives and try to piece things together to solve these cases. Well, apparently if uh, you... Uh, all of yours would end with somebody in a suitcase chopped up or something. So, but uh, did you have one more? I do. Uh, mine is actually a alleged, like folklore legend. Um, well, it's a Cherokee. It says one of the oldest tales in the Smoky Mountains is the Cherokee legend of Spearfinger. Um, so, so is she, this is this a like an Indian folklore? Then? It is. Yeah. Okay. The Cherokee Indians. Uh, I think it said it was to try to prevent the the children from wandering off and getting too far away from the tribe oh, or village like the or village. whatever yeah like well, the movie the village apparently this thing had on her right hand she had a, her pointer finger was super long and sharp almost like a um resemble a spear or an obsidian knife she was a horrifying sight, her mouth stained with the blood from the livers of her victims, and she had a stone-clad body. And according to legend, when Spearfinger walked, her stone body sounded like rolling thunder. So she, it's also said that she's a shape, shapeshifter, too. And that, you know, she could resemble anybody. She could turn into, like, an old lady, an old villain, an old villager, a friend, another kid that she could shape shift, and that's how she lured her victims. Huh. And she was said to like cut open, you know. They said that she would cut open kids and eat their livers. Again, this was just a story that they told to so, keep the kids from wandering. So off basically, away from the if village. you got away from the village, that this woman or whatever would eat your eat liver. Your liver. Uh huh. Yeah. Huh. Well, that's interesting. I mean, I think if I was a kid and I was told that somebody out there, like, had a long spear for her finger and she was going to use it to cut me open and eat my liver, I might. I wonder how many I times not people wander away. went by the kids' windows or something with a long stick and, like, <laughs> raked, it, raked it across their, their window but at night. I or also so. wonder how true this is, too. Like, is this really from the Cherokees? If you ask them. I don't know. You know, like, I... It's said to be a Cherokee tale, yeah, but I'm, I mean, we don't really know that it is. Yeah, I'm not big. I'm, I mean, I'm, I, I don't, I don't know a whole lot about uh, different Indian, like not rituals, but uh, folklore. Right. Um, I would like to. Yeah, I would too. I feel like it would, you know, further stuff in paranormal investigations yeah. and stuff to know stuff like that. Um. Well, that's kind of why I was interested in it, you know, too, because it said Cherokee, and I have a lot of Cherokee ancestry, which I am super proud of that. But. So, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, I'm sure there's they've probably got a hundred more of those kind of stories, oh, yeah. you know, to tell, um, you know, whether it be to keep kids close or, but, you know, that's. Oh, I do have another story real quick to add in. Um, it's about, it's. 
if I still have it, um, it's a Cherokee story too. Okay. It's called um, Atagahi. I don't know. It says the secret lake. Um, the Cherokee people tell a story of a hidden lake in the Great Smoky Mountains called Atagahi. I'm probably nowhere close to pronouncing that right. Two young Cherokees named Utani and Natani once wandered far into the Smokies to find a beautiful blue lake hidden behind the trees. It is said that if you ever happen to wander close to it, you might hear the sound of birds and ducks flying above it. But if you follow the sounds, all you will find is a dried up pit of mud with no animals or blue waters to be found in sight. The legend says the lake is hidden from human eyes because it is a, a sacred place for the creatures of the Great Smoky Mountains. Bears, wildfowl, and other animals bathe in, a, in the waters to cure their wounds and sickness. Huh. So kind of like the, um, oh, what am I thinking of for people? Oh, the Fountain of Youth. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's kind of like, you know, that Fountain of Youth for, you know, but instead of for people, it's for animals and it helps them heal. Right. Huh. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Again, that's just like a little indie, a little Cherokee tale legend thing. Right. Well, you know, there are many more stories and disappearances and ghost stories and stuff that, uh, you know, maybe we'll cover another time yeah. because this was really interesting. It was. And like I said, this Into the Mist book, Tales of Death and Disaster in the Smoky Mountains, I mean, that's a really... I mean, I've only read just a little bit of it, and it seems really interesting. Well, you know, and not only that, well, especially apparently in the Smokies, but wherever you go, uh, you know, always be aware um, if you're hiking in the mountains to keep protective gear with you. Make sure, um, you know, you're with someone and stay safe. Oh, yeah. Um, the Great Smoky Mountain National Park uh, might have its shares of disappearances and ghosts, you know, folklores and stuff. Um, but it's also a great place to relax and soak in nature for sure. Um, I love it down there. I do too. And, it, know, was, it's, it was, it was, I mean, just, it was amazing. That's all I can say right, about it. Just yeah. because every, we were there for what, four days? Yeah. And we loved every second of it. We're ready to go back. Yeah. Even, it, you know, just, of course, also, because I love nature. I love nature walks. I love doing that kind of stuff, but and they it, make moonshine. Cool, yeah. Oh, <laughs> Smoky Mountain Moonshine. That distillery. Yeah. yeah, the moonshine's pretty good. The salted caramel yeah. whiskey's shout good, out, too. Shout out to Old Smoky Mountain Distillery. Yeah. Because they, uh, yeah, we got some apple pie and we got some blackberry. Blackberry. It was pretty good. What's the whiskey we got? The salted oh, caramel. Oh, salted caramel whiskey. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, it's really good. Um, But, yeah. Also in Cherokee, they have this, like... Salted caramel pecan honey butter. Honey butter. Oh my gosh. With, eat that with some animal, animal crackers. crackers. Oh. Amazing. Good. Grief. Like I wish we would have gotten more of that. It is kind of expensive. It's like nine dollars yeah. a jar. It's so it's worth it good though. Good grief. It is worth it. Oh, but like what I was gonna say was it was raining, you know, that one and we just hung around the cabin. And, oh yeah. I mean there was stuff and, to but do. But we had in a the view the and cabin. You, you could see the the storm rolling over yeah, the mountain. And the fog yeah. coming in. It was so pretty. I mean, there was stuff to do in the cabin, like play the little arcade game, play pool, stuff like that. But And the hot tub outside, that was nice too. But, I mean, I just liked sitting on the deck and listening to it rain. It was yeah. so relaxing and pretty and peaceful. Well, if you've got any camping stories, 
I know we've done a camping episode yeah. before, um, but uh, or even if you've heard any kind of legends about the Smokies or anything like that, shoot us an email. Yeah, or even if you have any questions or anything. Yeah. We love hearing from you guys. Yeah, and it's a uh, Spirit Guides QSP, QSP podcast, podcast at gmail.com. At gmail. I did not struggle that much with that that time. <laughs> Um, or you had this blank look on your face. Yeah, I was like, trying I to don't remember know where to go from here. I was so. trying to remember if that was it. Um, and, uh, you know, of course there's always social media. And like mm-hmm. I said, we're going to look up some pictures, maybe even try to find this video of this dude. Um, and if I can find it, you know, we'll post it on our Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. And we'll post, uh, pictures of that Acona Lefty yeah. visitor center, the cabins and stuff. And we visited in Cades Cove in old school. We got a picture of the old school and yeah. we got a picture of the church or something. So, I mean, not necessarily like we didn't have any ghost or paranormal experiences while we were there, but it's still old stuff. It's history. And I think that stuff is cool. So, and it'll give even, you, it'll give you some, uh, visual aspects to some of the places we were talking about in these stories. Yeah. So you can, we'll get them posted on there soon. Just remember, Bring your supplies. Bring a buddy. Don't wander off the trail. Most of all, bring your camera. Oh, definitely. I got some amazing pictures. Well, my point to that was you'll never know what you could catch. (laughs) (laughs) That was my point. That was my closing line. Well, that's true, too. (laughs) That was my closing line. We didn't happen to get any hidden cabins on our pictures. No. So... No, <laughs> that was good that was cute babe i liked uh, it yeah that was my closing <laughs> sorry line. i ruined it for you but, but uh, yeah for the amazing um scenery pictures too and bears and elk yeah you just never know you never know honestly you'll never know what you're going to catch out there it yeah. was a really cool place but hey uh real quick to add though i had my camera with me for my for the bear pictures but the day i had the elk it was the we saw the elk it was raining and I left my camera at the cabin, and I'm like, I'm not going to need it. It's raining today. Well, I should have. But I still got pictures with my phone, so. That's all I got. Yeah, me too. You already ruined my closing Yeah, sorry. It was good, though. (laughs) It's good. It was cute. I liked it. All right. Uh, Make sure to shoot us an email. Join us on Facebook or Instagram. I don't think we have a clue on what we're doing next week, so if you guys even have an idea for that. Just send yeah. us a message for that too. <laughs> All right. We'll see you guys All next right, week. Yeah, tune in next time. Have a good one. Later. Bye guys.